Welcome to the Flawed, Foolish and Fantastic Podcast. Thank you very much for coming on the Flawed, Foolish and Fantastic Podcast. Me and Singh are flawed and foolish and today you are our fantastic. We are here to learn from you. Oh, and okay. I'm hoping that the people who are tuning into the podcast will do exactly the same. Um, you know, I want to go talk about your skills of the Salungi, your classical music, your, your love for that. Uh, I didn't realise you were a teacher, so we'll touch on that as well. That's okay. <laughs> I don't think many people actually right. So, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know until the other day when you contacted me. So, if you're happy singing, I'll start off with the questions and we'll go through. Yeah, um, sure. Fire away. Fire away. Right. First one, so the same as we do for everybody, sometimes the most difficult one, sometimes the easiest one, but who is Sandeep Singh? Sandeep Singh Kandola. Who is Sandeep Singh Kandola? Um, well, if I sat here and said, you know, Sandeep Singh Kandola hails from a illustrious family of musicians and they're all doctors and they're accountants and, and this, that, the other, I'd be lying to you. Yeah, I'd call you Boris Johnson. Sandeep Singh Kandola is just a normal person born and bred here in Leicester. Um, yeah. You know, I, you know, what is there? I mean, I don't actually know what, what, what I can tell you. Originally a salesman by profession. Yeah. Um, moved into teaching only last year. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably been one of the best decisions that I've made in my life. That's good. Um, I'm happily married. Uh, I've got three older sisters, and they're also all married. Um, Sandeep Singh Kandola is just a very normal, simple guy based here in Leicester. No, that's fine. Well, that leads on, <laughs> considering what you've talked about. Can you tell me about your childhood and background? Obviously, you've told me about your sisters. Tell me about your family life growing up here. So as a family, um, my understanding is that the Candolas have actually been here since the 50s. Okay. So with my grandfather, he was actually one of the original five people who were actually based here in Leicester. Okay. So as far as I'm aware that we've actually, the family were actually based on Wood Hill. Yep. Um, and then they moved to near to the Gurdwara and then obviously now to here in Evington. Um so I don't know much about my grandfather yeah. and much about the Candolas and what they did here in Leicester, other than that I know that we've been here as a family for about the odd 60 odd years or so. Okay. Um, education wise, uh, when we were near the Gurdwara vicinity, we were, I originally went to Coleman Primary, I think I was only there for about six months or so, yeah. I went to Whitehall Primary School, um, then went to City of Leicester School, and that's how I met Bojinder Singh. Terrible school. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, I would say it was a tough school at the time because there was lots of issues, fights, bullying, etc. When were you there? What year were I you was there City from Leicester? 2000 to about 2007. Okay. So I actually did even sixth form there. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the University of Leicester, I did a degree in economics and law. Okay. And then I went back to uni last year, and I'm awaiting my graduation now. That's good. Graduation part two. So, <laughs> so when you went to university in Leicester, and you were doing economics, what did you want to do? What was your career goal? I don't actually know. I mean, I think my sister was actually did a degree in economics and law, and yeah. I think out of the four siblings that we had, she was actually the first person from our family who actually went to university. Yeah. So she decided, she went on to become a solicitor. Um, so I thought, okay, if she's done it, maybe can't long is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be easy, isn't it? That's, that, that was my mentality at the time. Then when I got there at the end, um, I considered a career in law. Other people said, you know, it's quite cutthroat. You don't, it's not, maybe you shouldn't do it. Then I tried considering economics and I just thought that was really boring. Yeah. 
Um, so career-wise, I was actually not sure. I was actually thinking, okay, why don't I go into the police force? And that's when I contacted you uh, saying, you know, what, what's it like being the police force? I told you it's a shit job. Um, and I thought, right, no, we must try and go <laughs> to the police force. And um, I actually remember doing my very first police shift at that time. <clears throat> yeah. And actually, I thought it was quite fun. Yeah. Fun in like, it was in a way of like learning experiences. Yeah. Um, but obviously you've done this for 20 odd years and I, I accept that it probably like any job, it does take a toll on you. Um, so from there, I thought, okay, what do I do? Because even at that point, when I graduated in 2010, there was already a police cuts. The, the, yeah, the cuts started. started. So whilst they normally did the recruitment every year, yeah. 2010, 2011, I think 2012, they didn't do any... Yeah, once the Tory government came in, they cut, they cut that's what happened. the coalition people. government and the Tory government came in. They so everything. they did a lot of that. And so I thought, okay, so what do I do? Hmm. So eventually we started applying for jobs, any old jobs. Yeah. And um, I got myself an internship at the, um, through the University of Leicester. And it was all about marketing and organizing events. And that's actually helped me in my experiences with doing concerts later on in life. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I managed to go into marketing. So I was working at Bow Media. So it was a commute to Peterborough yeah. and central London for about, and I did that for about two, two three years or so. Um, didn't really enjoy it. And I was doing, so because I had the experience in sales and marketing, I ended up working in sales. So I just kind of fell into it, you know, and not something I really enjoyed because it was always like you're on the phone, you're trying to sell to other people, yeah. you're selling crap to people that people don't really need or they didn't want. And it was just the end goal was to just try and make your boss rich. Mm. And that wasn't really fulfilling to me. Yeah. Um, eventually I got married uh, in India and I remember sitting there thinking like, what are you doing with your life? Like you've, you haven't actually sat there and you haven't actually thought about what you want to do as a career. Mm. And so I sat there and thought, okay, I need to do something. Like, we ploughed money to go into HR. So I actually did the CIPD qualification. And even then, despite doing the CIPD qualification, I still couldn't get a job because okay. I haven't got the experience. You you know, why don't you go into sales? And so I thought, and I, I remember, like, we had, like, some singer come from Bombay to do the Kirtan. And I was just listening to her, listening to her. And I was like, you know, I need to do something. I need to do something. Like, yeah. you're getting married now. You can't be in this situation where it's like you don't know if you're gonna have a job at the end of the the month yeah so i thought it was a bit like a homer simpson like when he goes to clown school kind of moment and yeah. i was like that's it i'm going to uh i'm going to become a maths teacher and even maths actually the reason i actually wanted to become a maths teacher is like it actually helped me with my education because when i do when i was actually doing my maths like a level gcses or anything like that i'd always have classical music in the background and the first time I actually realized that there was a connection between maths and music was actually through maths. Okay. Like even when we listen to like Nasr Fateh Khan and when he goes into like offbeat yeah. things. And I thought, dude, the answer like of you and, and your career was actually at the age of 16, 17, 18, because that's when you found your... But you just didn't know where to go. But I just didn't know where to go. And I think at the time I was actually really scared of becoming a, a teacher because we had loads of community uh, leaders who were teachers. Like you had... By Kartar Singh, who was yeah, a geography yeah. teacher. You had, um, do you remember Gurmail Singh, who used to be in the age concern? Yeah. I'd love to, is he still alive, do you know? Or is he? No, is, idea, is he? Okay. No idea. Community leaders, and 
you know, you know, just I just wanted to be like some. I actually thought when I actually listened to those sort of people, I thought, you know what, I really aspire to be like you lot, really. But what I was quite worried about at the time was, are you going to be able to handle the kids? Yeah. At school, because you that we, sounds wrong. No, no, not in that way. Are you going to be able to like on, look after the offense, kids? Offense one. <laughs> are you going to be able to look after the like deal yeah. with the kids? Like if they, because you know, seeing sort of how some of the classes were like at our old school. Yeah, exactly. There would be riots, yeah. and so I thought, can you do it? And I thought, no, I don't think I can. But you know, with the training and Malakirpa now, we've been able to do it and. We've enjoyed it. So I know it's been it's been quite. I know it's been a long answer. So no, that's <laughs> right. no, but, so you've now ended up at Babington Community College. Babington Academy now. It's officially Babington. Oh, it's Academy. No, that's fine. So <laughs> how did you get the opportunity to end up at Babington? So I did my PGCE actually last year, like I mentioned. Yeah. And we did it through Leicestershire. We did it through the skit training program. Yeah. You know, and. Um, I had two placements. One, uh, one was at Robert Smith Academy, which is up in Market Harbour. Yeah. And the other one was at Manor High, and okay, so which is Odeby. Yeah. And it was it was it was it was fun because Odeby, you could walk in, and because they were all Asian, yeah, we all sort of knew each other. So I'd be like, "It's not hard. I know your dad." Yeah. But no, so Derek, my dad. Please don't tell my dad. And then we had on the, on the other hand, whereas I found that the Robert Smith kids were very very respectful. Yeah. We came across some kids who were like, do you know what? We don't need the education system. My dad's a businessman. Yeah, exactly. I'm just they're go they're into entitled, that. aren't they? Because they've got money. They're very, very entitled children. Um, so it was just a case of applying. Uh, and just the opportunity came up at uh, Babington. And I really agreed with what the ethos was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, showing resilience. You know, showing about how there's loads of opportunities. Yeah. Um, there's a huge thing on mental health. And yeah, there is a mental health safeguarding. The safeguarding is a huge, and because the, those areas that are deprived due to social economic backgrounds, it's massive over there. Exactly, and I think it was just those sort of things that really resonated with me. Mm. Um, and it's you know it's just going back to the ethos of Sarbat Dapala. Yeah. You know, and I think, and I remember speaking to a very affluent businessman. He goes that you know, as a Sikh, yeah. our job is not to just go to the easiest places; no. it's to go to the toughest places, make a difference. Make a difference. Yeah. And then you see where, where you want to go. And actually, like, whilst I had some scare stories of, like, you know, what it's like to work in those sort of areas, it's, it's actually been really, really fun. Like, I've legit, honestly, loved working with the staff there. I've loved working with the kids there. Yeah. You know, and we can see, like, the amount of changes that we've made. And it's all, you know, what our gurus have taught us. Well, that's it. If you're impacting on somebody's life in a positive way, it brings certain amount of joy because you're like I've helped shape them in the right direction yeah do you have a certain year group that you look after or is it all years all years so I go from 7, seven all the way to 11 11. well do the 11's have gone now because of their GCSEs do they have um, they don't have 6 form there do they no they don't have no. 6 form so yeah 7 to 11 right I know you've talked about being a school teacher there something you mentioned prior to us starting this was you being involved in the Falcon stuff Falcons primary was very briefly. Yeah. So there were certain uh, community people who yeah. got, who've been involved in uh, Sikhi camps, and you know, a lot of respect to those guys because the amount of gamai that they've got. Yeah. You know, large Baba or Nandi. So I actually made friends with uh, Tarjinder Kaur, yeah. uh, Mr. Agdev. So I was responsible for the marketing to a point. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it was when we did the first submission, honestly, we didn't, we didn't actually get it at the time. And it was, I think by that time I had left. Yeah. But then the second, I think the second point, they managed to get the application done through then. But some of the suggestions that I su suggested, were, which were, you know, make sure you, you don't have like Maharaj Sroop in the, in the no. school. Because it's just going to turn into a Gurdwara. They took that on board. No. Um, so I don't think I had a, I had a huge role. Yeah. But being part of the Falcons primary uh, expedition, yeah. you know, it changed my life in so many positive ways. When was that? Um, I think it was 2012. Do you look at it as a missed opportunity to go into teaching then? I never actually thought about it like that. I mean, I'd say... It because maybe my life was putting you into that thing already. Yeah, it's... And I look point. at it and 10 years later, you've gone back into it. And you've had 10 years of, this is really rubbish and shit, I don't like this <laughs> But my life was already putting you on that path. You don't... You know, it's when you mentioned it earlier and I was like, you've, you've skipped over it and not talked about it and thought, that might have been your opportunity then. Well, to be honest with you, it's like, I think it goes back to my childhood because I always... I see myself as quite unsociable yeah like i know dad put dad really tried to push me to become a footballer because yeah. he was part of the Sopna united lot okay. so there was a rivalry between Sopna united and gng yeah, and yeah. uh but the thing is i didn't really understand like why have you just brought me to vicky park on a tuesday to well, play football, you know, to, to, you know to get to like to have all these kids running around me bearing in mind i'm like eight nine ten years old at this time yeah taking the ball off me i'm asthmatic i can't like keep up with the kids yeah. and whereas i think with his experiences because he'd come in into the uk around about 1963 time yeah. you know there was a lot of race racism at that yeah. time so for him his mode of survival was sport to or and to assimilate within those groups wasn't yeah it? and it yeah. was football yeah you know and whereas for me i looked at it and thought well why do i need to so i i think i was quite unsociable and you know even luckily i think one of the great things that my parents did for me was actually get me a private tutor in maths and she only lived like she actually lived at number 39 originally originally back in yeah. those days and like literally for six years because I wasn't very good at maths, and we can go into that as a story as well. Um, she actually sat me down and says, uh, Sandeep, have you actually considered becoming, like, why don't you become consider becoming a primary school teacher? Yeah. And at the time, I actually saw it as like an insult. Like, she just insulted my ancestors. How could you, how could you even put the thought of me to being a primary school teacher exactly. above, above, like, have you just insulted, like, Exactly. My whole. How am I going to go home and show my? My face generation, face, yeah. you know, they. Yeah. So, I didn't know what to say at the time, and my response to her was, "I don't like kids," yeah. and I said it in a very arrogant way, like, "I don't like kids." Yeah. Um, but even then, I think the signs were go into teaching, go into teaching because you know there's a lot of support, there's a lot of structure, you know, yeah. and that, and that's what kids crave, you know, yeah. when they they want that support and they want that structure, and you know, and in the jobs that I had, whether it was in central London, whether it was here in Leicester, yeah, and you you know, even when I was working at the university as well, there wasn't really any structure, yeah. and it, it, this is one of the things that really annoyed me about some of these businessmen. Like, you've got businessmen that turn over like million, they're worth millions right now, yeah, and for me. It's your sales team that are your bread that win. Yeah, that's your bread and butter. Money in, they're the ones who are bringing the money in. So, if the, okay, let's say that you've got a team of like Teddy sales people. Yeah. You know why are you just keeping them there? 
knowing full full well it's a very volatile market it's a dead end job yeah. they're probably going to have six months and before they're going to be sacked yeah. you know why don't you just make them why don't we believe in like you know just like nurturing the clients going out there networking making new contacts and there are people who are doing that here in Leicester yeah. but it's just a very there's still that very old school cultural mentality of you know let's go into um you know just telesales we haven't got time to educate you we haven't got time to teach you yeah. off you go and if you sink you swink and if you don't great yeah you know um but yeah i think going back to the point it was just that structure and crave that yeah we now realize that we have here in the school so yeah so do you look at it as a missed opportunity i think or do you think you needed to go through that 10 years of no i think things happen for a reason yeah. you know i think if i look at when i first started in sales yeah i was very nervous in terms of picking up the phone or just going into a meeting mm. to meet a new client and just talking to them you know, so you need that for confidence. And you need that for confidence. And even like when you go into schools, like mm. if you're going to be a maths, if you're going to be a teacher, you've got to have that rapport. You've got to be, you You need to have those skills. Mm. And not everyone can have those skills. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those skills that actually develop over time. Yeah. So for me, I think things happen for a reason. And also it's a, an opportunity to just appreciate like, you know, there are there are jobs out there that are, very structured yeah and there are jobs that are not very structured no, you, know, and, you know don't get me wrong you can make a lot of money in sales i wouldn't yeah, knock yeah, it. I, I would not knock it in any shape or form mm. but i think just from the experiences that we saw particularly with smes here in leicester some of these businesses i was like my god they don't even know what they're doing well that, that seems to be <laughs> yeah. that's a constant with a lot of jobs anyway Agreed. With, with regards to working within education what else is it Shown the doors, it's shown you this year. Have you been involved in safeguarding? Have you been involved in uh, any sort of disputes or cultural issues that you've had to get involved in? Was it? I think there was a, cu- a couple of cultural issues. Um, a lot of kids didn't actually know what a Sikh was. Yeah. First point. So, you know, to address what is a Sikh, you know, I might not have the the beard and the turban. Yeah, but, but that's not to say that. Yeah, but you might not have an abacus with you, but you know how to do maths, isn't it? Kind of. Well, that's what yeah, I mean. So you can, <laughs> you can apply the knowledge. You put the knowledge forward, yeah. isn't it? So it was just, you know, showing that, you know, what is a Sikh? And, you know, there were times where, you know, at Manor High, we came in to do talks and demonstrations on the Sarangi, and no one had ever seen a Sarangi before in okay, their lives. Yeah. And even here at um, Babington, uh, we, we actually got asked to do a talk on Gunan Devji. Who were they? What, yeah. was their, what was their jeevan about? And kids really enjoyed it. And we were talking to kids who have come from, you know, they've got, how can I word it? It's very, they've got some, what we call as nurture. We're still yeah. still trying to nurture them into the mainstream side of school. Yeah. So they're not quite into yeah. mainstream yet, but we're just pushing them in. Yeah. And that could be due to various cultural issues, uh, home issues, issues anything, home issues, yeah. anything really. Yeah. And so some of these kids have never seen what, who was Gunan Devji. Yeah. You know, and so we we did the talk, you know, at the end we gave them colouring. So here's a, here's a picture of Gunan Deji, why don't you colour it? Yeah. You know, and the kids actually, they actually had a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Like, okay, there might have been some people who decided to draw yeah, Maharaj's yeah. beard as blue and say, oh, I'm going to give him a blue beard. And I was like, oh my God, what do we do? But it was the fact that it was making Sikki more approachable. Yeah. And yet at the end of the day, at the end of that talk, everyone got sweets and chocolates. And you've imparted some knowledge and they've learned something new. Exactly. And, it, and that's what you need because prior to that, they live in an ignorant state. If they don't know what Sikhs are, you can't dissociate them with any other group. Exactly. You know, they're just, they're either Muslims or they're other Indians or they're something... Well, we don't know what they are. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's been that. Um, and also, it's just the opportunity to give give kids the opportunity that they wouldn't have normally. Like, yeah. So, for instance, we started running chess club. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I remember, like, going to chess club when I was at primary school. And, um, I used to come here at Judge Meadow. Really? Saturday's <laughs> chess, chess club, yeah. Really? I yeah. never knew that. Uh, 80s, 80, 86 to about 90, that's what we used to say. Really? Every Saturday, yeah. So we, start, we actually ran a competition. Yeah. So we did a tournament between Babington and we did Lancaster. So they're part of the same academy or yeah. trust. And I think, like, even if we look at the old photos of City Leicester, or like, even like the old school photos, you have like what the teacher with the chess club team, mm. and they used to have tournaments like back in the 60s and 70s. And okay. even my head of, like, my boss, who's the head of maths, and he's like, you know, I've been teaching for 10 years. We've never seen a chess tournament before. So it's like one of the things that I found really exciting, and it's like, you know, just reviving old traditions. Manluke, we're looking in from the Sikh point, you know, reviving old Kirtan, Tanti Saj traditions. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're doing the same thing here, like reviving old school traditions, which yeah. were chess club, you know, and yeah. everyone gets a chocolate at the end of it. Did you watch <laughs> so, a <laughs> Queen's Gambit? Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. Oh, no. I thought you would have. That's, that's all chess related as well. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you for telling me. No, it's not a problem. Um, <coughs> You've mentioned, um, while you were talking there about schools, about going into manor and doing a Salangi day where you showed them about the Salangi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things I want to talk to you about, because that's what I know you for, is your love for the <laughs> your, I know, for your, your love for the Salangi. Your love for classical girtan and things like that. Ha, ha, ha. Can you impart how you started on that journey? That in itself is like... Don't worry, we've got enough, <laughs> enough battery life, we're good, you can keep talking. Um, okay, I think from a young gen- from a very, very young age, mm-hmm. I was always, always, always interested in music. Yeah. You know, you know the, the sounds that they make, you know, I remember like being three years old, or two or three years old, and one of my very first memories aside from being in a cart and my mom actually playing with these like red and yellow keys which yeah. i think you still got somewhere actually um one of the earliest memories i have was actually going with my grandfather to east park road Gurdwara. now mm. i can't remember what the diwan hall was like but i'm pretty sure it's you know when you go up the stairs and you take the left yeah, yeah. but i'm not I, i'm pretty sure it was that diwan hall. that's what it used to be that's yeah because i can remember like even seeing like um by piara singh morali yeah, yeah. so I, I have those those memories and you know all the old people are just chilling there as well yeah. you know and I remember like one time there was, they were doing Girtan actually and I don't under, I don't remember the Shabad um, but I remember like the, being really fascinated with the Tabla at the yeah. time and thinking how is it possible that you've got this instrument and it's making that sound yeah. and I got really excited and I thought okay maybe I can imitate that sound so off I went home and I got the patile out from uh, the kitchen yeah. and I started trying like doing my little yeah. that. But the sound wasn't there and I yeah. thought, okay, fine. So how about if I get my granddad's walking stick? So bearing in mind, I think he was 68 years old. He's 
he's he's he's got Parkinson's disease, but okay, it's fine anyway. You we'll... took a walking stick away from somebody with Parkinson's. <laughs> uh, Look, time. I was doing I was two I was two years old. Okay. That's my justification. So put it on the settee, and I'm trying to make that as a microphone, and you know, no sound, and even like getting my ABC book as well, and using that as a vajja. Yeah. And then I had I remember like having a like a cutout of a cardboard box. Yeah. And using that as a sarangi with a ruler. Yeah. And again, Avajanesiyandi. So that got me really interested into music in the first part. And I, and the second second memory that I've got is actually of my dad. And he actually bought me a Casio keyboard. Yeah. And I don't know if they're still going, but, you know, it was... He actually played, um, I think it's... You know those... You press a button the and demo. like one of those, demo. like, the demo comes up yeah. or something. And... Years later, I realized that that's actually Ludwig van Beethoven's um, choral, okay. where it's, it's called. And um, but I don't, I wasn't really actually pushed in that direction. It was more like you know, football, learn to play football, learn to do mm. a sport or something. Um, and I think that kind of stopped. And then I went. I think I was about fourteen. So this is when I was two, three years old. Yeah. Had some interest of music, but it, I don't think it was really nurtured in any shape or form. And, you know, I wouldn't say I was very musical here at City of Leicester either. Yeah. Um, but even then, I think I had my real first exposure to Indian classical music. But bearing in mind, I don't think the teachers were very well well versed in that field. Yep. So anyway, that City of Leicester <clears throat> kind of like... It was kind of like a passing ship. And I think 14 years old, I started taking an interest in Sikki. So um, we're talking about year 10 now. Yeah, I remember. And I think I got to a phase where one of the books that actually really inspired me was In Search of the True Guru by Paisa Pai Rama Singh Ji. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, 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 really good book that I, I found at the time. And it talks about going into like waking up at Amrita Villa. So we started doing the Amrita Villa, you know, yeah. like, and I wouldn't say that I was a Nithinimi singer in any shape or form, yeah. but, you know, at the time we yeah. tried. And I remember, I think, I can still remember, it was 31st of December, 2003. Okay. Yeah, 2003. Bayam Reek Singh came on TV, So the, the way that they used yeah. to do it, and I don't know if they still do it now, the day before, so these guys would be on like the four o'clock slot yeah. and then the morning they'd be doing the Asadiwar duty mm. and my god why Asadiwar he, he actually performed mm. um, the Kirtan itself was just completely different and I remember there was a scene where Sant Baba Thakur Singh Ji actually came to, okay. to the, um, to do the, the to, yeah, and they were listening to the Kirtan yeah. and Alpha they actually showed the camera and you can just see him like wow mm. this is amazing yeah, and one of the things that I remember was from that jatha, they had by Pal Singh Zakmi, and he used to play Dilruba. Yeah. And there was a couple of shabbas that they started playing, which I thought, wow, this is something else. Mm. It's not your Siddha Kerva type. Yeah. They were singing shabbas like, uh, I think that's how the shabbat goes anyway. It's on Alpha, it's on YouTube anyway. Yeah. But the way they were doing, they were just going in out in from one shabbat out of another shabbat, then going back in. Yeah. And it's only years later we realised that actually that's called the Rababi tradition. Yeah. And if we look at the history of Bayam Riks and Zakmi, Rababi Hundesi. Okay. You know? yeah. They they came from a Rababi lineage. Um and then 
you know, for some reason, they had like some really, really, really amazing Kirtan Jatta that would come on at Amrit Villa. They had Bai Sarjit Singh, Durgur Rangila. Mm. That he, the mandolin player did no, it. No, that's what he does. He was bad. So we were searching. We thought like, we really want to learn. And, you know, we used to go to the Gurdwara and said, you know, Maharaj Erda said, we want to be learning, you know, some. Um, I remember saying that I was in year 9 at that time Because again at this point Year 9, year 10 I don't think I was a very confident person yeah. um, And then we saw At East Park Road Gurdwara I think Gurdwara I just entered Because on Saturdays We used to spend doing Seva So there was a poster that came up That said you can now learn Kirtan from well-renowned Ustads that have come here. So you can learn Harmonium, you can learn Tabla, or you can learn Sitar. So I was like, okay, they must have like a, a Dilruba, yeah. you know. Or like at that time, I went through a phase where I just wanted to learn the Taos, you know, because I think it had just been revived at that time. Yeah. From what I remember, I think we were talking 2000, 2004 now. It just started coming in to the scene, like back again after since partition. And um, I remember asking the, um, the receptionist there and said, oh, you know, will these guys be able to teach us Taos? Mm. But Charlie, she didn't know what a Taos was. And I thought, well, okay, most people at the time didn't, did not know yeah. what a Taos was. They didn't know what a Jodi was. They didn't know what a Saranda was. Um, so it wasn't her fault. And I went in to try and describe what a Taos was. Yeah. And in her head, she's like, is it something yeah. like that? With that ting ting jay with the waj hundiya. And I was like, nay, 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 And we went around for like five, ten minutes just debating. And I was like, no, dude, it's a taos. I want to learn a taos. Yeah. And then, akke, harke, I was like, do you know what? Yeah, it is a sitar. And then she's like, yeah, but we've been, I've been t- trying to tell you yeah. it is a sitar. And I was like, and I just went quiet. I just thought, I'm not going to. Entertain this anymore. Entertain this anymore. So anyway, we met the teachers at the time. Yeah. And um, they said, okay, we can teach you Taos Dilruba, but you need to have your own. Okay. So at that time, we didn't have that. So, and I, and, you know, I think, I remember like when we had this habit of like, if we wanted to do something, we'd like give up halfway. And I think my dad was quite reluctant to actually get me a Taos or a Dilruba or a Satar or anything mm. because... He probably saw it as you're not gonna learn, kids. So yeah, you can do it for a bit and just leave and it. That's a lot it. of money spent. And um, we pursued it about three, four months until the teachers went back to India. Yeah. Um, and then we never heard of them after that. So then it stopped. But that in itself, it actually got me appreciating classical music a lot more. Yeah. So even like my first, very first stage performance was actually thanks to Bible Winder Singh Rangila. So they actually, they brought these Ustads over from India. Yeah. And I think they used to do it every year. And so the main thing that came out from that was the opportunity to actually start appreciating music. Yeah. Um, I don't think I really appreciated vocal music at the time, unless it was Nasrat Fateh Ali Khan, okay. Gawali, or if it was stringed instruments. Yeah. So now, by the time we're in the GCSEs and A-levels, we'd be sitting there doing maths. Now, bearing in mind, we had a maths tutor helping us. Um, and we'd have like some of the one like Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma just yeah, yeah. Yeah. like playing in the background, and we'd be just getting on with our work. And actually, it was really, really peaceful. We actually really, really enjoyed it. So now when I see maths, yeah. I see Raghavidya right in front of me because of 
yeah, our, of our experiences. The conditional behaviour. Because it was conditional behaviour. And um, we went on to, a, a, I think it was A-levels time, and this is where I actually met uh, Baljinder Singh. So the yeah. Baljinder Singh that you, you interviewed, completely different. Always been a great guy. Yeah. And I remember... Um, he was he was laughing at the part. He goes, "Yo, ki hai mitu raag suni janta." Him and Arminder Singh Malli as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're all laughing, like you know, and they're singing "Pulla ki jana mein kahan." You know, and I just gave him glares. And Baljinder actually came up to me and goes, um, "Have you heard Gurdas Mann's latest song?" What a top guy! <laughs> and I just glared at him, and I was like, "Why are you talking to me? I'm like listening to like Fine Ermal Singh Khalsa here. Yeah. Like, do you not know who these people are?" Yeah. And like he just sat there and laughed, and I think. He got a taste of what Raghi is all about, and yeah. now he's he now he's down that line. Yeah. But again, we didn't have any proper teaching. Yeah. Um, but we appreciated the music, and we let we liked listening to it at yeah. this point. So now here I'm at university, and I've still got mustar, but again, I don't know much about it. And I remember in my second year, like all my friends were like at the time, come on, let's all go out, let's all go like to the bars, and let's do this, and let's do that. And at the time, it's like my, I feel like my dad had issues with some of my friends because he didn't know who they were. They didn't know where they're from. They didn't know like, yeah. are they this? Are they going to be studious? Or are they this? Just are they going to be bad influence? Yeah. Or are they going to be a bad influence? And I think unfortunately, a lot of the people I met in my year group, they were quite should I be go be J type people. Yeah. So I remember on this one night we go out and I, I just started working as a chef at Yosushi in High Cross at that point. Yeah. And I remember buying champagne. So I remember looking up, down, up, down, up, down, and everything just went black. And I was like, okay, so I've just gone absolutely hammered. And I just remember like waking up at someone's house at this point, like, and my dad's ringing me like, where are you? Yeah. And I was like, dad, I love you so much in this study as well. There's other things I can't say, obviously, you know, because obviously I'm not going to say that. And I remember that I just, I got, you know, I got shouted at, and you know, all the typical Punjabi things that happen. So I'll just let you run yeah. like your, your imagination run wild. And he actually made it clear, he goes, you're not going to go see your friends at this point. So I was like, okay, so now what do I do? So I looked at the gym and I thought, gym's not really me in any huh. shape or form. And I thought, well, actually, you also need to take a stand and actually try and get away from these people because yeah. these are the same people that are ringing you every weekend they're talking to you about how they had this night and then they had a fight with this person and then this beef happened and that happened and you know it's every weekend like just wasting your time for three hours like this needs to stop for your own education yeah. so I remember sitting there thinking to myself I'm thinking you know what do I do so I thought well you like music yeah. so why don't you learn music and so having done research and listening to music at the time I was like well they say that the sarangi is the hardest instrument to master yeah so why don't you just learn that then it's the hardest instrument just go into it yeah and um I actually somehow ended up in daddy to actually begin with it wasn't classical and I actually did say to dad dad I want to learn from this teacher and dad's like we're not spending money yeah. again quite rightly so because he probably saw it as you yeah, know you're, for a bit. you're only going to do it for a bit then what's the point? Yeah. So he meant, I did my own inquiries, found a few people that we thought we could go to. And then um, we got introduced to Bai Sarban Singh, who, who I think he used to work at Russell's with my dad actually back in the day. Um, but he was like, 
his knowledge was very limited mm. um but his heart either delgavi kulasi like he if i asked him a question he would actually just open up and just tell me but it wasn't until my fifth lesson that i actually realized that i was actually getting myself into dandi because yeah. he was just giving me like basic um like balde yeah. and i was like yaar when are we going to get onto like jag yaman when are we going to get to bopali when are we going to get to like darbari for instance yeah. so i said to myself ustadji can you play rag bim plasi and he actually said rag bim plasi hey ni rag and i was like what are you talking about like mm. you know and then uh, after the conversation i realized he's a daddy and i was like yeah but oh okay i've been going down the wrong path yeah. <laughs> what do i do yeah but i still pursued it because it was a blessing in it in itself because one we actually got to learn a lot about the folk side of punjabi yeah uh punjabi style of music which we hear in bollywood right now yeah. so they, you know so there's nothing wrong with that sort of stuff and secondly that when we were getting those phone calls you know sandeep come out you know it's going to be a wicked night tonight it's going to be this we're going to do this we're going to do that and i i had the strength to say i'm not interested yeah you know but i'd say as i'm i'm busy i'm, doing I'm busy things. i'm just doing other things you know i'm learning i'm just doing mariyas yeah and those phones would be saying asking me you know how long how long is your riyas going to be mm. i'd say i don't i don't know yeah. you know so we would be there till about 8 o'clock 9 o'clock 10 o'clock just practicing away and sometimes like even like when we had those like 2 3 hour free periods up from university yeah we'd come home from uh Leicester uni and, and do something else and then just go back out again and it was fun yeah we really enjoyed that and it was an eye op- opportunity because it's the same as other people do jamming just yeah, the jamming and the, you know we've got some instruments let's go let's see what happens and we saw that as well yeah. you know like we saw like i think at university i saw more of the folk side like you know pangra teams and pangra dancers and things like that yeah but it gave me the opportunity just to just eventually just cut off from those people who always like you know just come out come out yeah. come out come out come out come out and you know these are people who bearing in mind they couldn't even pass their first year yeah you know and they're saying you know you're going to become a stronger character and i thought well dude you can't even Yeah, yeah, 40%. Yeah. But you lost you lost compromise your so, education for for a good time basically. Oh, he the guy left. Yeah. Um and then we actually managed to get ourselves into like various bandabaji in, into the UK. And I remember actually this is where we started to try and challenge uh certain misconceptions. Like people actually came to me and said, "Oh, you know, why are you playing sarangi in bandabaji for, you know, it's our guru the answer job. You know, you're doing bia to be, you know, you should you need to be like amratari, kesar of course, sing saj pak the star saj ke, then you should be playing." And I thought at that time the experience showed me that why do you have to be a certain character to play that instrument? Because yeah. even if we look at the history of dardi, like from what I've understood and read, when shame pasha went to battle yeah. the sikhs the, the sikhs at the time said we need something to inspire us mm. like you know they've the the enemies the mughal faj for instance they've got daru they've got this they've got that what else do we, what do we have a march for tardi yeah. but i'm pretty sure tardi was used before then as poetry tardi was used before because guru hargobind ji brought them into the akal takht at the time to yeah. do tardi vana so talk about different wars different jungs different things like that obviously inspired by battles that had happened with previous kings and things like because yeah. obviously there were no sikh battles prior to that no so all the ballads were played before that but obviously they were uh musliman minstrels that used to come in and bards that used to come in uh, who used to play the dardi so it was played before 
the Guru Sams as well. 100%. So it was a huge eye-opener and I just loved challenging those like misconceptions. And then, but again, we really wanted to learn classical. So it goes back to, we wanted to learn like, who do we go to to learn classical at the time? And then from there, I think, so bearing in mind, I just stayed, I stayed with Baisal Ban Singh for about four years. And I think it was around about 2012, it was around about 8th of August, I actually met my Ustadji, so Ustad Taranvir Singhji, MBE. And this is off the back of having the sitar that I bought off eBay, it just went into disrepair. I gave it to Tarjinder to ask if she could get it repaired from her Ustad, which I believe was Dalok Singh Virdiji. But I believe that there were just some bigger issues that he he couldn't actually repair at the time. So he gave it back and then it was sent to Ustad Tarnvir Singh And I remember Tarjinder saying to me, go and meet him. And um, I, this is when I went to meet Tarnvir Ji. And um, this is where I thought, okay, I think I, I know a lot about classical. I'm really interested in classical. I've been learn- listening to so many years. We took, we dabbled with a few Sarangi Ustads based in Pakistan, play, teaching Saraga on Skype. And we thought, okay, we'll start playing that. So I took my sarangi with me. And the, I remember like seeing um, Ustadji in front of me. And like we'd already seen, read so much about him. And I remember going to him. And when I first met him, I was like, Why Guruji ka khalsa? Why Guruji ki fateh? And the first thing he did was, Kida <laughs> 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 And we sat down. Yeah. And like he went into like, look, I've taught clarinet players, I've taught saxophone players, I've taught sitar players, I've taught Western musicians. Mm. I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, and got a plethora in your background. Yeah. Okay, so what do I do now? So we we the conversation slowly went on to my understanding of sarangi, yeah. you know. And I played, and it was all just even he said, look, Giza. In his own way, obviously, this isn't like word for word. He pretty yeah. much said, like, mate, I wouldn't even let you touch the dogs. That's okay. how bad you are. Because there was like, I suppose, what you got to realise with that, it was like, there were lots of knowledge. There were things of, um, you know, sort of understanding, which I wasn't aware of at the time. Yeah. But it goes back to, Jinnah Pai Sarban Singh Padasi. He told us and he taught us. Yeah. You know? Um, whereas with Ustaji, he just gave us something completely different, like the sort of understanding, tal, lekari, offbeat, the science, the philosophy, the maths, the history. Um, but again, he just wanted so much more for me. Yeah. Because then even if like as a, as a sitar, if I, as a sarangi player, if I go to somebody and say, I've learned from Ustad Tarnvir Singhi, yeah. well, most of the artists won't take you seriously because they're like, they will be like, he is a sitar player, yeah. you're a sarangi player, so, yeah, how can you learn from him, yeah. you know? So he agreed with that, he goes, that don't see me as your... Yeah. I still see him, but regardless of what he has said, yeah. he's given so much to us. Because he's you know? your teacher, you always will do. Right? Yeah, and he gave, he's the one that gave us all the support and the backing. Yeah. So he actually put me in and said, look, you need to go to a uh, sarangi ustad now. Okay. And learn. So now we're talking 2014, yeah. and Darbar Festival had just had announced that they were bringing over a Sarangi player from India under the name of Bandit Bharat Bhushan Goswami. And it was only funnily enough because the year before, a couple of friends and I went to Darbar Festival 2013, and we were all listening to a guy named Bandit Bharat Bhushan Goswami. 
and he was playing this beautiful rendition of Dag uh, Mishal Gara and again it's on YouTube and again really really enjoyed it really really loved it mm. and we had like four or five I think well, how many years about six years of like solid training so it meant by either I went to India to learn or he came to the UK yeah. or we had some like serious like FaceTime sessions where I was like just practicing the same polta over yeah, yeah. and over and over again for an hour yeah. you know and I really enjoyed that mm. so it gave me an insight of how to like use the dynamics how to improvise how to play with your heart you know most important thing and then I think when Covid hit I remember having a meeting with Ustadji online so yeah. Ustad Tanmir Singhji and he says that I think you need to develop your Sarangi technique a bit more okay so we learned from uh, Shri Harsh Narayan so if you so he's the grandson of uh, Pandit Ram Narayanji so if you listen to all the old Bollywood films like Mughliyazam yeah. Narkali Pakiza you know basically any like old 1940s black and white film where there's that always that sour, sad sounding Sarangi being played in the background yeah. it was Pandit Ram Narayanji but he was the first person to have actually bought, bring the Sarangi into mainstream Bollywood yeah. you know and also what Ustadji has uh, mentioned was that classical music is all about le- trying to copy the human voice. There's okay. other things as well, but if we try and imitate, you know, the, you know our, what we should be trying to do is imitating the human voice. Yeah. Sarangi is known to be the only instrument that 98% of whatever the human vo- voice can do, the Sarangi. Sarangi should be able to play with ease. Okay. So he sent me off to a vocalist and said, look, you need to be learning from a vocalist now. Yeah. Um, and so because we'd already had a couple of lessons with Pai uh, or Pai Shri and Uthal Satanindar Singh Bodal, when he first came here in 2000, and, I think 2016, we started building relationship um, in terms of friends so I'd go and learn from him on the odd occasion here and there yeah. he even did my Anandakaraj as well yeah. so my wedding ceremony in India and he, like he went into some beautiful mathematics like he even came into our house here and he was just going straight into the mathematics of music okay. and he's like even Nostalgia was like you need to go and learn from him yeah. and so we still do we have like our FaceTime uh, sessions yeah. no, no, no WhatsApp sessions should I say I know he's in he's in Malaysia right now yeah. but you know, it's been quite a journey. And then even with that, alongside with my PGCE, we gained an insight of, you know, Western cello techniques as well. Mm-hmm. So we actually managed to get ourselves a university scholarship. And it was the first time that the university had ever given a scholarship to someone who was non-Western trained. And it was just gaining an insight into like, you know, Western music, how to play, how to read music as well. So... I'd say, you know, it's been a very, very interesting journey, mm-hmm. you know, like learning from maths, learning about the the, uh, the rhythm, learning about the um, the music, musicology. The, and then there's so many other things that go around it, you know, the, the maths, the science, the philosophy, the history, uh, the geography, so many subjects come into this. Right. So going on to something you've talked about with regards to uh, the Singh Bordel, what made you put on classical performances with Borderline, I remember you putting one on around Clarendon Park Road. So again, that was through the help of my university lecturer, so Dr. Paul Jenkins. Yeah. And we found like a very, it was like a 
a gupt astan that you want to call it, or a, a, like a, an unknown place, yeah, like no one's ever heard of, because most people either go to um, like a Fraser Noble building, you know, University yep. of Leicester, or they're going to go to or the Quaker Center. Quaker Center. Because we've been there a couple of times. Haven't we? <coughs> the other one that they're going to go to is um, it's the Attenborough Art Center, and again, they're expensive. So we found like a really nice, really cheap place. Yeah. Um, and I think really the main purpose was because of what happened with COVID, the whole music scene had just died. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, like social gatherings, social get-togethers. Yeah, but I got to hear Gal Gadot sing her stupid song on the internet. What was that? Which one? What was the, what was the song? Imagine all the people that she got all the celebrities to sing. Can you not remember? Oh, not it was that. proper piss take, man. The Carlin, yeah. Oh, well, I think yeah, that. Sorry, yeah, go on. Get back on so, this. yeah, but yeah. generally speaking, like, if we look out from the beginning of 2022, yeah. and, like, you know, even when I walked into Babington, we all had to wear masks. So now we're at a point where we're just starting to, like, come out of our shells and, you know, start this, these social gatherings and social meetings again. So one of the one of the first reasons was we need to do something to, that brings the community of Leicester together. together. Yeah. And it's not just about, you know, Indians only, no. you know, because I was actually amazed to see how many non-Indian people came. There were Buddhists in that, in that actual yeah. um, thing, in the actual venue as well. You know, we had nearly about 300 people to that. And it was a lot of hard work, yeah. believe me, because I was performing and I was actually organizing the whole thing. And I remember like my Sunday, it just, I had like the biggest headache, yeah. like in my life that I've ever had. But anyway, going back, the first part was to actually try and bring the community of Leicester back together again, yeah. right? The second point is, it was an opportunity to showcase local talent. Yeah. Because when we look at talent here in, um, in the world generally, or if, if we do have classical concerts, nine times out of 10, there are people who are middle-aged, Sianio stars who yeah. come here, they do a performance, off it's they okay. go, yeah, yeah. pretty much. So my feeling is that we should be showcasing local Leicester-based talent or even Midlands-based talent because, you know, even, like, it goes back to the conversation I had, you know, that we were supposedly, well, like, one of the first opera here in, in Leicester as, as the Candela family. But we've come a long way. You look at, you listen to the music from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, 90s and now there's a point where we're even thinking about the great british grana yeah you know so we need to be showcasing that and i feel here in the uk there's not really that many opportunities for youngsters to play at concert level yeah so it was an opportunity for us to actually you know showcase local talent as well as that we've got our own team string beats as well um and showcasing who we are because my philosophy is to try and make music more accessible, yeah. you know, and make it more, you know, if we look at 1970s music, the Beatles, mm. they actually had, they actually took influences from Indian classical music. Of course they did, yeah. You know, Here Comes the Sun is supposedly, because I was listening to an uh, interview by Ringo Starr, is actually based on a Tehai. Okay. They, so they, they do like a, it's like a Here Comes the Sun, da na 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 that's actually like an Indian classical yeah, pattern, is, yeah. you know. Uh, and I think that was based on Bahari, actually, from what I remember Ringo talking about. But again, it, I can't find it on YouTube. I tried finding that interview, but I can't find it again. Okay. 
But again, so going back to seeing how Indian classical music has been, has shaped the modern day music of today, yeah. you know, we wanted to try and showcase local talent here in the UK. You yeah. know, and you know, showcase what is Indian classical music in its purest form. So that was really the main reason, and also it was an opportunity for you know just doing something different, something new. Like with my wife, who's come from India, yeah. getting her to be well known into the local community. Like now she's actually volunteering at the uh, East Park Road elections, okay, yeah, so yeah, with yeah. memberships and stuff. So just showing her, like you know, my circles, you know, and but also the big thing for me was just trying to get the local community of Leicester just together again. Well, it's, it, the other thing is it opens a window for them into Indian or Eastern influences, musical influences. Absolutely. Because there's tons of concerts that happen here, um, but Eastern influences, obviously they've had a couple at the Belgrave Centre, the Belgrave Hall and things like that. And you get the Dalbars, but they're mostly positioned within predominantly Asian areas. Yeah. So for you to do it where you did it, Clarence Park, which is mostly students, um, you've got obviously a middle class and um, you know a, a decent working class white area. It's completely different to yeah. it around there, and it's quite. It's, I'm guessing it would have been an eye opener for some, and a lot of people just want to soak in other people's um, influences and backgrounds and Absolutely. traditions and customs. Absolutely. Um, just you know, for me, Indian classical music. Just listening to it, like, you know, you listen to uh, Rag Ganra, Rag Bapali, you know, all these things. Without, you know, in an acoustic fashion, without any vocals, I, I, I personally love it. Having it on in the background, and I'm sure they would have had the same sort of thing. Where, yeah. You know, you're just like, there's a musical acoustic vibe here, which is not normally listened to. Mm. You know, you're not going to get that at the Riverside Festival, are you? So, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so... Is it something you'd look to do again? Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I think one this was actually by far like a huge, huge. It was it was actually quite stressful, you know. Yeah. Um, one because I was thinking in the back of my head, you know, you've got a performance. Yeah. You've well got, is. you've been, you know, how old am I? So you're talking fourteen years of your work has now come to this moment. Yeah. You know, and I remember like Ostaji when I, when I met him as well, he's like, you gotta realise that these concerts are like Olympic moments. Yeah, like, you know break. you know when people like they train their whole lives for the Olympics just to get that gold? Yeah. This is how I felt. You know, it was like Yeah. You know, there's just like what you know, it was it was tough but we managed to do we managed to pull through. So we had the Stabla player, we had the Sadar player, and we had uh, uh, myself. Yeah. Would I do it again? I'd say if I was to do it again, solely as an organiser. Yeah. You know, because there's just too much... For you to do both Just like, to just be... So you've important. taken that learning away and you figured out that it's not a dual role thing that you can do. But it's, it is something that you might look to put on again. Only if I was pushed. Yeah. Okay, we'll Only push. if I was pushed to like to do it again. I think you should do it again. I'll push it again. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the other thing as well, whilst I would love to have like artists coming from India, yeah. you know, would be very open to having artists who are born here in the UK. Yeah, but you look at the Mardana projects like down in, in London, the, the Keaton Development Programme, things like that. There's loads going on. There's, they're doing like the... 15 years of Keaton development program at Shepherd's Bush coming up. It's all UK talent, all UK Keatonese. 
Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll send you the link yeah, today. To I'll send you the link. Be interested in that. I forgot to tell you, we've been invited. <laughs> You've been invited? Yeah, we, we did a talk with um, uh, Amrit Bhar Singh okay. from Kiratan, and he's the one that organised the Kiratan Development Programme years and years ago, and it's going to be a night of all the talent that have come through that. Okay. Doing putting different Kiratan, different rags, different shovels, you know. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's going to be a decent night. I think I'll let you know. But I think there's been a huge interest in dark Kirtan. There's a resurgence in it, massively. Loads. We've just done a talk with Kirtan Singh and uh, exactly the same. We were just like, the resurgence is massive and people want to, not just dark Kirtan, old Vidya, old grants, yeah, old yeah, Shastra yeah, techniques, yeah. old everything. Because it's just like, hang on, I want to know from the times of the Gurus or the, you know, from the times of the missiles, I want to know that period. What was it like then? I don't want to know about what it was like 40 years ago because I could see that. And that's just a budger. I don't, I don't want that sort of thing. The best, vi- the best grants that I've come across today are by Altar Singh Ji, by Gurjana Singh Ji. So we have managed to get hold of those books. Yeah. Um, and there, there are original reads that we managed to learn. Yeah. That they say Gurnan Devji themselves composed, Gurajan Devji themselves composed. And the other one that's been a huge, 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 huge influence on me as well is the is Pai Tabba. Okay. So Pai Tabba was actually a Kirtani Endrabar Sab pre-partition time. Mm. But they say that his compositions, they've actually been preserved. And I think there was somebody who actually wrote a book yeah, on his there's, composition. Yeah, there, there's a book. Beautiful the book, book. is by uh, Principal De Singh. We were talking about this just in the interview before this. It might be worth me putting you in contact with Kirtan Singh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got yeah. books and books and books on this and... He's been trying to preserve all these things himself as well. We're very interested. Um, but yes, if you look for a UK thing and looking at, you know, putting together something together with those, it might be worth putting in touch with Keelathan and, you know, talk to Amrit Pyle and talk to Keelathan Singh and people like, oh my God, there's loads of stuff you can do. You know, and doing programs like, you, you know, in places that you wouldn't expect it to be in. Like, you know, if, like for instance, like going yeah. into a church. Yeah. And doing it like where we did our concert, it yeah. was a church. Yeah, exactly. And we were all shocked. But that's fine. They don't mind that. They, they, they were very open to exactly. us. They were open to us. And it's well, like, this it is. Sounds like, it sounds like we've given you that push, so I expect to hear something soon. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Um, just, right. Um, last question I want to ask you, well, second last question I want to ask you is. Um, how did you come up with the concept of string beats? Ah, I winged it. <laughs> when did it start and how did it start Right, okay, so, okay, so this goes back to my point as in, like, we, so in 2012, we started classical music. Yeah. And I took it very, very seriously. Like, I gave up everything to do with folk at this point. But I missed doing the performances yeah. at that time. But again, it was like, yeah, you're only playing probably about 10 minutes yeah. you're with a band of budget for the whole day 60 pound yeah not budget. like what are you doing yeah exactly seriously less than illegal, and maybe like a mcdonald's burger at the end yeah. right. wow okay for all, for all your color so it got to a point where i started advertising like you know selling prayer we can do weddings and stuff and i was like i give you good price you know i'd say <laughs> it as a joke to like a few people that i knew that was getting married and somebody actually took me up on that saying look We've got a wedding. It's at Bandh Pragash Gurdwara. Can you, can you like do something? Because like you know, play Sarangi and Tabla for us. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. because we, we were ready. Like yeah. we, we can play for like two, three hours if if we really need to. Um, and so, I had a, my friend who was a Tabla player based in Nottingham. I said, look, Edna, we've got a booking. Like, 
do you want to do it? Yeah. Like, this is like this is stuff that dreams have been made of. Yeah, you know, um, and um, then he rang me again and says, "What if my sister does it?" So we'll just do it as like a, yeah. a satar thing. So satar tawla and sarangi. Yeah. Because you know? it's not every day you get to see those as okay. a mixture together. So we started playing, um, and it was about for about hour and a, I think it was about two hours we played, and um, they were actually like our first real clients. Like we did performances here and there. Yeah. But not at weddings. How like, long ago was that? You're talking 2015. Yeah, two, October 2015. Okay, yeah. Um, you might know, you know, um, Parminder Kaur. No, um, you know whose dad was um, Pardan of uh, Clarendon Park Red Gurdwara? Yes, yeah, yeah. They were our first clients. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, we thanked them. Yeah. And afterwards, that like, we had quite, like, we had quite a few people actually come up to us and saying, oh, have you got a business card? And I was like, salesmanship here you know what we've just been so busy here yeah. that actually we've run out of all of our business cards you know but here's my number yeah and they're like what are you called and i was like so i said you know um you know we've just recently we haven't actually thought of a name we've just recently started so yeah. we had like a team meeting with harker and my double player and i was like what do, name? Do, we what, what do we call ourselves yeah string something it's got to be strings string yeah. and something strings something yeah. So I thought strings and things, yeah. and I thought, well, what other things have we got? Yeah, it's just yeah. strings. That's it, you know. So then we thought, okay, so we must. It has to be strings and something to do with rhythm, yeah. and then just somehow from that conversation, it just became string beats, yeah. you know, and it was just made off the cuff. And if you listen, there's. I'm not sure if the video of um, the Bordel concert's actually up there, but I I did actually hear a comment that Ostaji actually mentioned because we got him as the host and because one of the biggest uh, things about Sandeep is he will throw him his, himself into something mm. without realizing what he's actually got himself into like even the border concert that was huge mm. string beats i threw myself into it not realizing what it was going to get us yeah, into. Exactly. so yeah we did a lot of omratari gustic weddings yeah. um we also started doing um not just that but like you know like say you've got like a, a drinks reception for instance. Yeah, I saw, I saw you do one. Drinks it's really reception good, yeah. to start doing that. Uh, Gujarati Fere. Our biggest clients are actually Gujaratis. Disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and we laugh and say, you know, they're so uh, stingy. Or yeah, exactly. But do you know what? They have been so... Yeah, but that's so what you want, isn't it? Because they so want the folk music at the moment as well. So appreciative of the music. And first, we started off as pure classical, mm. you know. And then I realised, I thought, look, when you hear the word classical, and this is like a question that I can put to both of you, when you hear the word Indian classical music, yeah. what's the first thing that do you, what do you actually hear? What do I, you think of? I can hear Shole in my head, but it's not right. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I normally, what I normally hear at the Darbar festivals, and the Naam Thali Gurdwaras and things like that, that sort of thing. In my head, that's how I see Because I've always thought of Dhanti Saz as Dhanti Saz Gita, rather than, Anything else? Oh, like it's like mission, uh, uh, sergeant mission, uh, Rajan sergeant mission. Oh my god, yeah, listen to his stuff. So, my and his brother, so my Pandaji, so uh, Goswamiji actually learned from their dad, yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah, listening so. to that's what I think of when you talk about classical music. So, for me, like, I think, but I've heard you play modern, yeah, songs. we have to, yeah, I know, and I was just like, 
what's happened to this Serengi? This don't sound like what's happened to And I was like, oh my God, it's Sean Paul. Oh my God, it's the Black Eyed Peas. I was like, that's all I can hear from you. So, but the thing is, because when, when we first started going to this, and it was like, it was just part of the sales pitch, you know, we bring the royal experience to your wedding and stuff. And a lot of people would look at us and think, well, when you say Indian classical music, we think of a middle-aged old man who's probably about 60, 70 years old, who's just about to die at some point. And he spent his whole life probably in extreme poverty yeah. in a concert. So this is, and somebody going, ah. Yeah, they do the alarms. They do, they do that. So we had to like diversify. And it goes back to the ethos of what string beats yeah. and what I, I believe in, which is bringing classical music. Fusion. Not only as a fusion, but to make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> sometimes people do see it as a quite a, a funny act. You have these people dressed in like the finest corte pajama that you can yeah, think yeah. of. And yeah, there are times where we'll open up with classical, but then we've also been asked to play Bollywood songs. Yeah. So when the bride and groom are going to walk in before they do their affairy, yeah. can you play Jashine Bahara yeah. from Jodha Akbar? Or can we have uh, Can't, Stop Help, Can't Stop Help Falling in Love With You by Elvis Presley? Yeah. You know, so that is musicianship in my opinion. Yeah, of course it is. You know, Diversify. it's diversifying it. And, you know... We, we would get standing ovations from p- people who, like, you know, when they had Sean Paul. Like, everyone would get yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Like, you, like, <laughs> you wouldn't expect it. Hang on. Where does this like Sean Paul would get busy going on here. And everyone loved it. Yeah. And it's like, for me, we are still sticking true to our classical roots. Yeah. Because we'll play, like, for instance, Snoop Dogg, the, the rhythm of... So you're still playing the same laugh, aren't you? Yeah, we're still yeah. doing, but even then we'll go into like different rags that are associated yeah. with that. So we could go into like rag darbari, yeah. rag asavri, rag gerwani, yeah. and that in itself has just become a 20 minute set and we're just ending it with da, 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 and everyone's like, wow, we've never heard this before. So again, it's about, yeah, we do play that, that Bollywood stuff. Yes, we will play the English stuff, but then we'll bring in the fusion of like all the laughs and all the dance, yeah. you know, and still keeping true to our... Yeah, but I like that. Yeah. That brings people in into something that they already know and they're already comfortable with. So they already know a tune, they already know a melody, they all know. And then all of a sudden, they're hit with the classical... Yeah. The, they're just like, well, what is that? We've never heard this in our life. Is that Black Eyed Peas? No, it isn't. But, you know, yeah, but it's yeah. that sort of thing. Because they will. They'll be coming up to you going, what is that? I, I can't remember that song. What is yeah, that? Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You're, you're allowing them to come into a circle of old traditional knowledge circle of old traditional knowledge the love the respect yeah the maryadda the that goes into learning something as yeah. well you know and it's just been such a joy to do that and it's like one of this is one of the things as well because whilst i appreciate there are artists who say look we won't go into weddings yeah. and i can understand their thinking that's because that's different i can understand because you've got to realize some people just see it as background music yeah you know whereas a concert people go and listen to yeah but I feel we haven't really got that many opportunities to have concerts, yeah. you know. And it's like even yeah, if you are if you are a concert level musician, we, there are okay, there are a few who I will say that are concert level. Yeah. But the other group of people, yeah. you know, who are still working their way, still working on their craft, yeah. and they're aspiring to be at, at concert level. Once they've got there, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Are they doing concerts week in, week out? No, no. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is the heart of the UK, that 
if you're going to be an artist, you're either going to be a performer, yeah, and you're going to be a very good performer, or you're going to be a teacher, and you're going to be a very good teacher, you know. So, but that's that's just my personal opinion. I, I hope it's nothing controversial in any, any shape or form because different people will have different opinions. Yeah. But even like when I look at it and think, well, there's more of a market for this sort of stuff. Yeah. And again, it's not to say that we only do this, yeah. that we've done recordings. I've been asked to play, you know, I think on the 10th of July with Jazz Dami somewhere okay. like for a, a bride and groom's walk-in dance, yeah. you know. Um, you know, it's just... You know, there's been opportunities where we've been able to do the Anandagaj and the actual theory. Yeah, but at the end of the day, in order to get through the door, you've got to start knocking up some point, eh? Absolutely. And that's it. If you want to do those concerts, at some point you've got to show your skill and ability. Absolutely. And it's got to be out there. And, you know, if if you just think to yourself, I want to be able to do concerts, but nobody knows what you can do and what level you're at, you're never going to get there. So, I agree. So this is where you go. Completely. And everybody starts. You look at When you look at normal singers or rappers or whatever, out mixtape they put out this they start doing you know but everybody they make somewhere. a lot of money though everybody starts they make, they make dough you can put your stuff on spotify if you started that yeah that's a point actually. yeah of course it is you know there's there's opportunities for you if you've not started you know tri- renditions things like that if you start putting them on youtube spotify or whatnot one it's going to give you traction two it's going to give you instant marketing three it's going to give you finance as soon as you start hitting certain amounts yeah so yeah you know there's things you can do and, and like you said I know you're probably busy enough already but it goes on further absolutely and it's like you know even like this last year we literally had like a booking every Friday Saturday Sunday Friday Saturday Sunday Friday Saturday Sunday boom boom like I'm like, hoping this this helps you to get even more and then you've got yeah 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 you yeah, never come you. home <laughs> never come home and you don't give you more shit but that's what happened. <laughs> one last one last question and you touched upon it just there go on do you teach others and pass on the knowledge? Yes, I do. Okay. So we've taught, I've had students based in Canada. Yeah. I've had a couple of students based in Birmingham, Wolverhampton. I've also got an aspiring uh, university lecturer based in California. Yeah. So he's actually doing a thesis on uh, Gowali music. Okay. So our approach with all the students is always seeing what is it that they want to learn. Yeah. Because let's be honest, not everyone wants to learn Kirtan. No. But I can still teach to some extent. At, at the same time, not everybody wants to learn pure classical music. Of course. Yeah. And even like with the Californian lecturer, <clears throat> he he actually wants to learn, like he's doing his thesis on Gwali music. Yeah. And he's actually going to go fly to Nakoda to okay. Sai Shah's place yeah, yeah. Uh, to study about the music. So I said, well, before you go there, yeah. let me teach you about how to read the music, the sort of compositions that these Muslim families would have to learn. Yeah. So it's always a tailored approach. And then even then, I'm not really that bothered if kids are going to go to learn from other people. That I'm yeah, that's very, not a problem, is it? Yeah, it's, it shouldn't be it's a problem. It's being part of their journey, isn't it? It's part of their journey. Ha, if there's somebody who's going to rip that student into shreds yeah. and say, oh, you need to start all over again and come to learn and learn from me, right? And I'm going to teach you how to play sa. Yeah. Then I can then I'd obviously have a problem with that. But yeah. it's a case of like just giving them new experiences yeah. and just letting them run with it really. That sounds good. You know? So, so when do you when do you get time to do that? So you're teaching in a school. So I'm Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday's doing string beats. You've let us into your house and you've <laughs> taken up your time. When do you get time to teach? Weekdays. 
like I'll normally have students that say, okay, can we do Tuesday eight o'clock? So yeah. normally it's it's normally that window when I'm doing riyas. Yeah. That's when I'll just say, okay, just see this as your riyas. You're working on your craft as a teacher. Yeah. And then you're also passing on that vidya on as well. Nice wiki. That's absolutely brilliant. Right. For those, for me, you know, the stuff that you talk about is absolutely brilliant. You know, and I, what, I, what I want to do is open the door for other people to know about this, okay. especially in our community. It sounds like the Gujarati community have cornered you to death now. They've, they've taken oh, the fear it. So you don't need us anymore. That's fine. But, but for me, it's interesting that you've, you've gone into this tradition uh, and, and the work that you do. And I'd like other people who are interested to just be able to contact you in light of that. Can I get some of your social medias? Or contacts that other people can contact you on. Absolutely. So they can go on my on the fa- on the Facebook. So that's String Beats. They can go on the um, Instagram page. So mm-hmm. it was underscore String Beats underscore. I was trying to make it as italics and being yeah. really cool, but it didn't work out. But it comes out as underscore String Beats underscore. Yeah. YouTube account we have created, but I still need to put content on. That's fine. And there is a website that is in the making so far as that's well. Fine. So once that's that, I will let you know. Please, yeah, that's right. Right, with regards to anything that you've said to us, have you got any questions for us? Um, I'm just interested to know more about the initiative, really, that you're you're trying to do. So there's there is the like, what made you get into the initiative that you're doing? Um, so we could scope out people's houses for burglaries. That's what we. That's doing. a that's good. Reason. That's a good point. So come check out your house, so we can do a tour at some point. That's what we're doing. There's no other <laughs> initiative. Yeah. See what you've got in your house, because I ain't got anything in mine. If I can take something home, it's good. And a free dinner, obviously. That's why we come around, because you're oh, upset about food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put the book here. There's an energy energy crisis going on. We ain't got <laughs> No, man. As simple as this. Uh, we, we looked at it, and we said, we're in our 40s. We spent 20 years trying to give something back to the community. Mm. But when we look back at the community now, we're looking at the people who are between the ages of 16 and 21 and going, well, where are they? Where are those people that we expect in the next generation to step up and go, I'm doing this, I'm teaching this, or I'm doing, I've got a website, or I'm putting the cover together, or I'm teaching this, I'm teaching that, and there seems to be a lack of it. I agree. And the whole point of this is to push the next generation to look at themselves, see within themselves and go, hang on, there's an opportunity. We're trying to, there's a network out there. That's what we're trying to build. A network of individuals who have got talents. You've all got talents, everybody that we've spoken to. They've all got information, knowledge in different fields. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in a social field, classical field, music, liturgy, is something. Somebody's got something. And the whole point of this is to give, provide a network to the next generation to go, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm really interested in this. And I've now got a contact that I can contact and go, I'm interested in this. How do I start? This is my interest. Where do I go? Mm. And it's about providing a network in the same way that you would do in school, providing a network and a mentorship for people. Okay. And, I, and that's the reason for this. And, and that's what I mean. So if somebody's interested in a Salogi and they're sat halfway across the world and they listen to this, they, they can go, well, hang on, this guy's put this together. I've had a look at string beats. I've had a look at this. I'm going to contact him and go, I'm interested in this. This is where I am. This is where the level is. Um, I'd like to diversify my music. I'd like to see how you've done this. Somebody might listen to this go, I want to put on a concert. We've got local Nantharis, we've got other individuals who put, do classical music, we've got people into fusion music. I want to put some together. How do they do that? Uh-huh. You know, it's that sort of thing. We've spoken to somebody this morning who's into law, into 
you know, done work on extraditions, immigration, done stuff on Gidlan, Rag Gidlan. Again, if anybody is interested in those fields, they can talk to them. So that's the the reason for the podcast. Mm. And to scope out your house and see what we can steal. Like that's it. About it. That's about like it. it. But, that, but that's what it is. We want to provide a platform. Uh-huh. This gives us something to do. We're interested in this and we know there's lots of talented people out there who like to sit in their little niche and stay away from everything and try not to promote themselves. Or well, we're quite happy to promote other people. Plus it gives us an opportunity to find out about their lives mm. and their background. And it makes it more approachable for other people. And that's the reason for this. That's brilliant. Yeah. And I think it's a really good initiative. Partly so because I haven't really seen... I haven't actually seen like... <clears throat> that if I look at if I look back from my younger generation like younger age and I can remember people like Gurmail Singh yeah. who was in the age concern I haven't seen a role model like that in a long long time but maybe I'm not I'm but not that's hanging. what we want we yeah. want everybody that we see because we're the flawed and foolish and we leave these places filled with knowledge from what you've given us mm-hmm. you know there's names on here there's people on here there's things that you've done I know about these things and we've learned a bit more and now we know what you do, what you're doing, and how you've pushed yourself to come to where you are. So we've learned something. The person who listens to this will also learn something. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of thing. And it also brings you out of your shell. And people can go, man, I watched, I watched you do a talk the other day. I didn't know this about you. I didn't know this about you. And it gives that sense of intrigue and people can contact other people. And it's making people more accessible to the younger generation. Well, I agree because I saw, um, like last night I was watching uh, Buljinder Singh's yeah. uh, interview and there's like, a lot of things that he said. I was like, wow, yeah. I don't remember. And that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, thing. We've gone to every single one and gone, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And you, I, you know, I've just, everything, every interview I've gone into, I've written everything. Even though we were recording it. Uh-huh. Because for me, it's, one, it's like a police interview. So I learn something and I go along and that's how I write everything. But, you know, for us, we're looking at, you know, I don't normally talk about what we're doing, looking at future network groups. So, you know, in about a year's time, two years' time, we go, right, all the people we've interviewed, we'd like to, say, hire out around Grey Hall. This is just, uh, you know, hypothetical. Hire out around Grey Hall. We'd like everybody to get there who we've interviewed for a day and do a networking day. You all talk to each other. Help each other out. Mm. All the people, you know, it's that sort of thing. Mm. These sorts of AGMs and these sorts of networking groups happen in all other communities. We don't seem to have them. Yeah, I agree. And that's the thing. So, if and we thought if nobody else is going to step up, well, we're two idiots. We can try it. We can give it a start. If if it goes wrong and goes badly, thankfully somebody else will see where we've messed up and pick it up and start again. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. So yeah, that's brilliant. So yes, yeah, so. very good incentive. So. Yeah. And now I'm hoping there's no more questions for us. No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Did you see anything nice on the way in the house? Good. We'll get some things. Okay. Good, 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 good. Nice thing. I just want to say thank you very much. One, thank you for putting up with how late we were. Proper Indian timing today. I was thinking. We said two o'clock. <laughs> we said two o'clock. We got it at six. So, yeah, I know. I apologize for that. It's fine, but look, I don't blame you because look, if you had a four-hour interview. Yeah. And that's what it was, and, and it was like I said. As soon as we got off that, I gave you a call, and I was like, we need to charge everything up because we use the phones. I just want to say thank you very much for today. Thank you very much for allowing us to come around and learn from you. Mm-hmm. Learn about what you're doing. And I hope uh, the knowledge that you've imparted today helps influence another person to contact you and, and learn more. Thank well, you. And the other thing I hope it helps is, uh, I know you're saying you're busy Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I hope this goes on to bigger and better things for you. Um, and that's what I thank hope you. to see. Thank oh, you. That's cool. 
Anything else we've got? We're going to start saying I'm going to close up with a fatheh. That's a good, man. Why would you go Why would you keep